Xbox On. Hello and welcome to Xbox On, a show with one host about one console, the Xbox One. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode we'll be talking the latest Xbox news for the week of October 3rd, 2019, including Xbox Project Scarlet might be getting a new camera peripheral, developer Bungie is expanding beyond their Destiny franchise, Infinity Ward developers speak out about some recent Call of Duty controversies, and much more, so stay tuned. And a special shout out to Microsoft this week for a very successful Surface launch event, which took place yesterday. Uh, depending on whether you're just a Xbox fan for in the sense of video games, or if you're a Microsoft fan in the greater sense, uh, this is an awesome week to be a Microsoft fan, just because a lot of awesome hardware got announced, namely the Surface Duo, meaning that uh, for all of us lamenting the loss of the Windows Phone, we're finally, in some form or fashion, getting Microsoft back in the phone game. So it's awesome, great week to be a Microsoft fan. And if you're not well-versed in what happened yesterday, I highly recommend you go check out all the awesome announcements, all the awesome hardware uh, and software coming from Microsoft in the in the near future. Even some of that actually has to do a little bit with uh, some of today's news, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, just want to throw that out there uh, as I'm extraordinarily excited right now. Uh, just as a stupid fanboy of this mega tech company that will probably own my life in the coming years. Anyway, let's move into this week's show. Uh, we have finally a decent amount of news. Uh, I think a pretty well-rounded show uh, news-wise. So yeah, let's just get right in. So let's kick off this week's news with a rumor. So our first story comes from Windows Central uh, and it as relayed by Gizmodo. And it's that Microsoft's next generation of Xbox uh, codenamed Project Scarlet, might be possibly offering an optional camera accessory geared towards streamers uh, rather than a console navigation and gameplay-like tool uh, similar to the ill-fated Kinect. The camera would be allegedly capable of putting out 4K resolution with only two-frame latency between what's being captured and what's on screen. The article claims that Microsoft is showing off the device using a filter a la Snapchat that changes the lighting on the device along with the lighting in-game, meaning like, I guess... If you're in like a darker part of the game, the lighting on the camera could shift to kind of keep, you know, the presentation of the game for the viewer on on a stream kind of easy on the eyes. And then if I guess you were in like a, a weird like Rainbow Road Mario Kart level, I guess maybe it could add some fun, like colorful, like filter to kind of match the aesthetic of the game. I, I assume it means something like that. Uh, but the article goes on with Microsoft heavily invested in their own streaming service mixer. It wouldn't be all too surprising if these rumors were true. That being said, take this news with a grain of salt as a Microsoft spokesperson followed up the story by denying these rumors, something that Microsoft rarely does as they generally keep quiet on rumors. So, I mean, that right there makes me think this is probably something they're either just testing and, and not really seriously considering, or it's like just flat out not true. Nonetheless, I felt like putting it in the news because, you know, the fun of rumors isn't that something's absolutely going to happen. It's that it's fun to talk about. It's fun to speculate. And I think this is a fun accessory to speculate about. So that's why I included it here. And yeah, I think this would be a pretty awesome accessory. I know everyone either doesn't remember Connect because it's just not a memorable thing people cared about, or they hate it because it's fun to hate on, despite it actually being a pretty good product. Uh, although I understand the hate that 
I understand the negativity towards being forced to originally have it in the original Xbox One. Anyway, the thing is uh, about Connect, and uh, obviously not everyone's a streamer, but if you ever plan on streaming or or dabbling in streaming or even goofing around and using the Xbox video editing app on the Xbox to kind of stitch together some fun uh, clips and, and make a little video for your friends or whatever, um, then the Kinect was actually a really great device for that. And that's really something I appreciate about the, the Kinect. I used to make a lot of like just goofy, stupid clips uh, while playing like Titanfall or Halo and then stitch them together and use my Kinect for those things. Or, uh, you know, the, the four the two or three times I ever tried to actually stream, it was really nice to not have to worry about my my gear setup, so to speak, because you just had Connect. It was built into the Xbox. So I think that that'd be kind of an unfortunate thing to just lose as a result of Connect no longer being relevant. So it's nice to see that Microsoft is at least hype, at least theoretically playing around with the idea of some kind of camera peripheral. I really don't understand why they wouldn't want to have an accessory like this because. I mean, even PlayStation has one, right? There's a PlayStation, I think they called the eye camera. It's originally kind of an evolution of the PlayStation eye, eye toy. Is that what they called it? The thing for PS2 like 15 years ago. But anyway, it's like even on PS4, you can buy a little camera accessory. I'm not saying pack it in with a box and charge a premium for it, but it should be an optional accessory, absolutely. And I think it'd be cool if they kind of played around with some feature, features and functionality and include some software to go along with the device to kind of, you know, add a unique spin on the kinds of fun things streamers can do to not only kind of boost how cool and fun streaming can be on Xbox, but also to kind of give more edge to, to Mixer, of course. Um, just kind of keep accentuating that streaming experience on Xbox, on Mixer, you know. Uh, so I, I like to think that this is a real device or at least something they're seriously considering, but it is a little disheartening to hear that someone from Microsoft did shoot down these rumors because it is really highly unlikely. Um, or it was really highly unusual, rather, that Microsoft would speak out about a rumor. So that alone makes me um, less than optimistic that this is true. But nonetheless, it's a fun story to think about. Our next story this week comes from IGN. It's that Destiny 2's latest expansion, Shadowkeep, is now out. But despite developer Bungie continuing support for the franchise, Destiny will no longer be their sole focus as a studio moving forward. While the team sees this new transformation of Destiny beginning with Shadowkeep as the turning point for the franchise, the team's ultimate goal is to become one of the world's biggest entertainment companies by the year 2025. Aside from turning Destiny around to being one of the biggest franchises as the team plans, Bungie is also looking to bring other franchises into the fold. Since receiving outside investment funds from Chinese company NetEase, Bungie has been exploring new ideas to build specific kinds of franchises, although at the moment this vague information is all we have. So this is an interesting one. We knew Bungie to some extent was interested in like making some other stuff non-Destiny related, but you know now that Bungie is an independent studio, they're free from Activision, they're kind of just doing their own thing, they own all their IP. I don't know if Bungie is looking to make like a Bethesda type move or anything with like starting to publish other people's games or anything like that, but it seems like Bungie wants to become a big brand known for more than just their core franchise, you know, which used to be Halo and, and these days is Destiny. So I find this interesting to think that they're going to dabble in some other games. The thing is, a game like Destiny is a massive undertaking to, to build and maintain. So to think that they're going to split their resources and start developing some other stuff while also trying to make Destiny as relevant and massive as it is already, um, I just think that's kind of quite an undertaking, and I don't see how you do that without expanding your team. But in doing that, it just... I don't know. I guess I, I don't know really what I'm getting at other than, than to say 
it, it is kind of just a massive undertaking to say we're going to take Destiny, a game that's already like one of the top-selling franchises in video game history, and then somehow make it even bigger while also focusing our attention on building new franchises. In, and they even talk about how they want to make, like, they're only interested in making very specific types of franchises, which I read into as they're only looking for, like, very lucrative kind of franchises that they can, like, really milk and, and get high mileage out of, you know, rather than just making, like, one-off games. They're just trying to build another Halo, another Destiny, an you know, another franchise that will stay in the hearts and minds of gamers for generations to come. That, that sort of thing um, is how I interpret that. Um, but again, it's just they'd have to continue to grow at, a, at an exponential rate in order to like keep up with that and to continue to invest in, in new franchises. And I guess what that means is, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if we see Bungie try to pivot over the next five, ten years and become like a Bethesda or like how we see kind of Gearbox doing a little bit these days where it's like they make their own games, but they also publish some games and maybe they'll open a couple additional studios and have like kind of a rock star thing going on where there's multiple Bungie studios. I just, I don't know. It's just really interesting to see Bungie kind of take this approach, but at the same time, it makes sense too, because you wouldn't expect this company to have this split that they just had from Activision and then want to remain independent, just solely focusing on one franchise. That would just be a bad business move because what if all of a sudden Destiny tanks, you're kind of screwed. So it's a smart business move for them to kind of be, you know, like spreading their talent across different franchises and trying to diversify their portfolio. But I just, I, I wonder if this is like the inkling of Bungie trying to become the next big game publisher or just a, I don't know, just one of the biggest studios, perhaps not just in terms of clout and, and popularity, but rather in terms of game output and kind of prominence in the industry and, and just sheer profit. So this will be an interesting one to keep following. I feel like this is, you know, the beginning of an ongoing big story, and it'll be interesting to keep tabs on it and see how it kind of evolves in the coming years. Our next story is that Google Assistant is coming to your Xbox, unfortunately, uh, because Google is disgusting and will infect everything. So Xbox Voice Assist features were traditionally reserved for Cortana, of course, and before that it was just a voice assistant through Connect that wasn't really you know, a specific AI. However, um, it, it, this obviously began to change last year when Microsoft introduced the Amazon Alexa skill for Xbox, allowing you to use Amazon's Alexa AI on your Xbox One. But now Microsoft is expanding even further by introducing the Xbox Action for Google Assistant. I don't understand this, these naming conventions. I don't know what they mean. I'm sure someone who knows far more about technology could explain. However, uh, th what this basically is, is uh, it allows you to interact with the Xbox One via via Google Assistant in a lot in just I mean using your voice of course. Uh, so you'll have abilities like turning on and off your console, launching games and apps, playing and pausing videos, and more. Basically, all the things you can already do with Cortana. But if you so choose to use Google Assistant, you can even do things like take screenshots and videos and such like that. Um, so yeah, from basically, not only can you do this through your Xbox if you're using Cortana or headset or whatever, but you'll also be able to use Google Assistant and home-enabled devices to control your Xbox, um, as well as the Google Assist, uh, Assistant app on Android and iOS. So that's going to be pretty weird, controlling your Xbox from Google Assistant devices and being able to do basically all the same features you already have access to, but with the preference of using the Google Assistant if you are so sick in, in the head enough to want to use Google Assistant instead of Cortana. But yeah, the full version launches later on this year with additional languages, but for the time being, it's just in beta for uh, English-speaking countries. So be sure to check that out if you're, again, 
some weird fuck that likes to uh, subject themselves to torture and, and use Google Assistant. Our next story comes from the Xbox Wire, and it is that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order uh, is getting a couple of Xbox One bundles this fall. So we've got two of them. We've got the Xbox One X bundle for $500, which comes with a black Xbox One X, and the um, Xbox One S bundle, which is retailing for $300, and comes with a white Xbox One S uh, both of them come out November 15th and are available for pre-order as of today. Uh, along with the Xbox One console, each bundle comes packed with an Xbox wireless controller, no shit, uh, a digital download of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Deluxe Edition, a one-month trial of Xbox Game Pass, and a trial for one month of Xbox Live Gold. I don't know why it just doesn't come with a one-month pass of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, but whatever. Additionally, both Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order bundles give you one month of EA access, which lets you play EA games for a limited time before they're released and gets you unlimited access to the vault, which is no, not Disney's vault of amazing classic animated movies, but it's EA's vault of ranging in quality titles from hit games such as FIFA uh, and uh, um, Madden and Battlefield and Battlefield 2 and all that. So if you're into that kind of thing, that's something you can get your hands on. I, I think that's a pretty fair bundle. I mean, it's a pretty nice bundle, obviously. If, again, if for whatever reason, we're a year out from Project Scarlet and you're in the market for an Xbox One. I mean, this is this is your standard retail price for these respective consoles, but you get a deluxe edition of a game and then a one-month trial of three different online services. So not a bad value at all. But, yep, that's, that's some news. Uh, our next one, I'm going to... So this one is... Uh, a lot of Minecraft shit happened this week. If I don't know if you're familiar, but this thing called Minecon happens. It's when a bunch of bunch of little kids and furries gather around a convention space and get sweaty together and talk about Minecraft. And so a bunch of fucking news came from this. And I'm just gonna kind of go down the list and in in bullet point some some big highlights from the convention, some information we learned, which there's plenty of. So our first one is Minecraft Earth. Uh, we the upcoming you know iOS Android game that's like the Pokemon Go type AR game. I really don't like calling it a Pokemon Go type game because that's not what it is. It's just an AR game, uh, which doesn't necessarily have shit to do with Pokemon Go. So sorry for mismarketing it. But anyway, um, early access crafting and the future. So what basically um, Minecraft Earth is coming out in beta this month, sometime in October, and people from everywhere around the world, kids from all nations, will be able to partake in this uh kind of rolling out over the next few months until it's completely open um, but for now it's just going to be immediately available in the uk us sweden japan mexico i don't really know where else in the world there is for it to release to after that but you know there's most of our our modern relevant world microsoft expects minecraft earth to be fully rolled out across the world by the end of the year uh, with the exception of China, because fuck China. Microsoft notes that the slow rollout is to ensure that player safety is maintained. Sorry, I'm reading off this list. I don't know. Okay. I, I guess it's unsafe to roll out a game all at once. But anyway, uh, server stability. That's the real reason. Basically, if you're interested in playing this AR game, which I actually am quite interested to check it out. I, I think I just think AR is really interesting technology, and I like to see people use it in unique and different ways. So I'm definitely going to give this a try, and I recommend you do too, because... If I'm doing it, you should be doing it. But yeah, so beta's coming out sometime this month. Keep your eyes peeled for that shit and uh, and try pointing your phone out in public to build Minecraft shit because girls will think that's hot. 
Um, our next story, or not next story rather, but the next bullet within this Minecraft flurry of news that we got this week is that Minecraft Dungeons got a new cinematic intro that is the upcoming dungeon crawler Diablo-like Minecraft game revealed earlier this year at E3, um, which actually looks pretty damn good. Uh, it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC, Switch in, in the spring of 2020. Um, so if you want to check out that new trailer, check that out via YouTube, uh, or if you want to wait until after the show i'm going to watch the trailer and then kind of uh, reenact it over the podcast if you want to listen to that our next uh, little bit in minecraft news is the nether update which is a pretty substantial update that is actually pretty funny i'm just gonna read this little excerpt to give you an idea of what's what to expect and it's that uh it brings so much needed attention to the hellish nether dimension adding new biomes new mechanics new atmospheric visual effects and an all-new race called piglins piglins who are essentially zo- unzombified zombie pigmen what the fuck does that mean? Build settlements in the same way as overlord traders, uh, overworld traders. Just kidding. They are, however, hostile and will attack the player use, uh, unless they are wearing a suit of golden armor, as uh, naturally. For more information on the Nether update, blah, blah blah. So, if you're into Minecraft and you want this new Nether update where you fight unzombified zombie pigs, there's that. And then the mountain update is also coming out soon, which is the uh, 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 Minecon viewers also voted for Mojang to update mountains for the first time after the Nether update, which will add new types of snow and resources, goats, and revamp generations to make ranges and more uh, looking more. Gem- Oh my god, I'm having a fucking stroke. This uh, they're just going to update basically the mountain ranges, look things look make things look more vast and kind of impressive looking and all that good shit. Um so that's coming too. And then there's the bees and bees, beehives and honey information. So the bees update will uh, add honey blocks bringing in a ton of new sticky mechanics where players walking on a honey block cannot jump or run, but they will also work with pistons. Uh, which can lead them to interesting contraptions. What does any of this mean? Okay, this is weird. So you can like harvest honey from the beehives and smoke out beehives and get to get your honey and to, to put the bees. I don't understand why you're doing this in Minecraft, but yeah, you can you can go basically hunting for honey. Uh, the bee update is coming out before the holidays, so for whatever reason you want to go bee hunting for honey and uh, smoking out a bunch of little bees, that's a thing you can do in Minecraft. That's kind of weird. Uh, and then the character creator is also coming soon, which we talked about the other week on the show. So expect that to be coming pretty soon as well um, as some emotes for characters that are also coming along with that character creator. And then aside from that, it was a lot of like new merch and stuff like that happening as well as some kind of like mine, uh, Minecraft kind of interactive event coming that's similar to like the Halo Outpost Discovery that they did this year, this past summer. So if you're as into uh, Minecraft as I am Halo, that is definitely something to keep your eyes and ears out for. But, you know, Minecraft, I have a hard time getting all nerdy and informational about Minecraft because it's a no offense. It's just a thing I don't know a lot about and I don't care to talk about a lot. And this podcast wouldn't be fun if I spent all day talking about things I didn't care about. So next up, we've got some Apex Legends news. Hell yeah. So season three comes out. Actually, uh, it's already out now at the time of this recording. Respawn Entertainment released this awesome um, trailer where they announced a, a new map. So for the first time, Apex Legends will be getting a new map, meaning the map count on the game is now two which is actually like quite impressive for a Battle Royale game. And it also introduces a new character. His name is Crypto. He's a mysterious and brooding new character who looks uh, kind of like someone that lives in their parents' basement and watches Twitch streams all day. Um, so, you know, go check out the trailer if that's something you're interested in, but you could also just go play it because the update's now live. Season 3 has begun. There's a bunch of new shit you can unlock. 
uh, new rankings and things like that you can do. But go check out this new map. The map's called World's Edge, and the theme is like this fire and ice colliding thing. So it's got a lot of fun terrain to explore, a lot of fun like uh, art direction to it. So I just, I don't know, it's, it's a really pretty thing. If you've kind of fallen off the Apex Legends bandwagon a little bit, I recommend checking it out because this might reinvigorate some of that fun for you. But now after this detour of smaller update stories, let's jump into the big news again. This, so this next one is one I kind of want to spend a minute on. This news came out like literally right after I recorded last week because last week I recorded a day early because work schedule. But this story is actually a really big one. I definitely didn't want to leave out. So I've included it, but kind of in a different sense. So let's just jump right in without being vague. So la- last week, um, there was this massive story that Call of Duty Modern Warfare will be getting this new like special ops survival mode. Um, but due to the deal that Sony has with Activision for Call of Duty right now, the this mode is actually going to be exclusive to PlayStation for a full year, uh, which is like kind of the biggest bullshit ever. Because yes, earlier, last generation, the Call of Duty kind of console deal was with microsoft and with xbox but it was always things like you get a map pack a couple months early things like that it wasn't like you get half the fucking game for a year and then the other person gets it you know but i mean even then i thought that that was bullshit but even but then you know activision call of duty kind of switched over to playstation when the ps4 came out and that kind of became the popular place to play games again um so past few years we've seen call of duty be marketed for PlayStation and kind of have the DLC exclusivity, timed exclusivity deals that Xbox once had. But this really takes that concept and brings it to like an all new dimension of like just shitty anti-consumer unacceptable bullshit, um, which is just normally I, I think the Internet is obviously way overreactive to things. They complain way more than they should. They make everything out to be a way bigger deal than it is. That's just kind of the um, consequence of existing on this forum where everyone has a voice and everyone thinks they matter and everyone gets off by just hearing people bitch and moan all day. Um, so obviously no surprise there. But this is an example where I'm really just right there with the community and saying this is absolute bullshit. However, I'll be the first to say I'm not mad at Infinity Ward as a result of this happening. Obviously, this isn't Infinity Ward's decision to make. This is Activision making a deal with Sony. This is a bunch of asshole executives at Sony and a bunch of asshole executives at Activision making a deal together to fuck over and bend over every player out there because money. So this literally has nothing to do with Infinity Ward, the people out there grinding all day, every day, to make this game for an audience. And this has nothing to do with the players or Xbox not being popular enough or anything like that. This literally has nothing to do with anything other than a bunch of executive assholes after money. So with that said, I think it's really important that players are aware of that and sensitive to that and really take these developers into consideration, which is why I was so excited to see that shortly after this news was announced or a couple days after, um, IGN ran this story uh, titled Call of Duty Modern Warfare Dev asks fans to consider developers in wake of outrage, which is just a really so. I mean, instantly I clicked on this article, like, what the hell's up here? And basically, it looks like a couple of devs took to Reddit to kind of talk about this controversy as people were just having a meltdown and losing their collective shit as they tend to do. And especially this one, this one guy, this uh, I think he's like a creative art director, basically spoke up and was like, hey. Keep in mind, you know, all of us who've been putting our pouring our hearts and souls into this passion project are also being affected as a result of this. Like, we didn't make this decision, we wouldn't have made this decision, and we're also upset about it. So keep that in mind while you're out there spending, like, saying this awful, violent, visceral bullshit about the developer Infinity Ward. 
uh, as a result of this announcement that really has almost nothing to do with the people making the game. So yeah, it's a long-winded kind of intro into the story, but I just think that was such a nice, refreshing perspective, especially for such a big site like IGN to run with, because I really think audiences need to be made aware of this kind of thing more and to have a little more sensitivity, not just to the audience who's being fucked over by you know everyone who's not playing on PlayStation being robbed of a large portion of this game, but you know think about the developers who also made this game and wanted to share it with the world and want as many people to be able to play it as possible. And now they're being told, well, not only can like half your audience no longer play this fucking mode because of some stupid corporate contract, but now you're going to be made like a fucking like enemy, public enemy number one on the internet. And everyone's going to hate you forever as a result of this move. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's just really unfortunate. It's really shitty. So, I mean, I mean, just, uh, again, the nature of this is just absolute bullshit to think that this Spec Ops survival mode won't be coming to Xbox and PC, presumably. I, I guess it applies to PC, too. So Xbox and PC won't be getting this fucking mode until next year. So Call of Duty Modern Warfare comes out in, like, I think, like, within the next few weeks. And Xbox and PC aren't going to get this mode until next year around this time. So let's think about what's going to happen this time next year. We're going to probably be getting our next Call of Duty game. Let's see, next year, I think, is next year's Sledgehammer's turn, the guys that make World War II. So I assume they'll be making, like, Call of Duty World War III, Modern Warfare, Black Ops 4. So we'll get their game this time next year. And Xbox and PlayStation will likely be just about to or probably just have, I assume, will be, like, just weeks away from the release of Project Scarlet and PlayStation 5. So to everyone who's about to buy this game right now, Expect to play in this mode that you've been that you've been robbed of next year when the next generation of hardware is coming out, the next Call of Duty is coming out. Basically, when all this is so incredibly antiquated and irrelevant, that's when you can have access to this mode. And that's bullshit because obviously, I mean, doesn't this doesn't need to be said? Obviously, it's like Xbox gamers pay the same price for the game as PlayStation gamers. Why should they get less of a product? That's a sound argument argument to me. That's complete bullshit. I totally back that up 100. percent But um, like I said. This developer took to Reddit and kind of spoke out saying, you know, have some keep us in mind, too, while you're out here tearing us a new one, because we're also suffering as a result of this action. Um, So basically, he says, um, let's see. Yeah, it was Infinity Ward's studio art director. His name is Joel Emsley. He spoke about this to offer some perspective. And he says, take a second to think about who on the production side comes to the sub and reads through your comments. He's referring to the subreddit. Um, He says, we all have to, we all have pretty thick skin here, but yeah, it can kind of get to you. And you know, that, that really sucks. Just, I mean, I've had like one mean comment thrown my way in all my years of, of making YouTube videos or my recent months of podcasting and stuff. And I know that kind of shit can hurt, you know, as me, someone with like no audience. So imagine what it's like when you put that, that shit under like a a super fine magnifying glass and then extrapolate it to an audience of millions of people. Like these people are being shit on. And, and I know when people mean, write mean comments, they're not really trying to single out one individual or trying to make them hurt themselves or anything like that. Or it's just so easy to say something mean and have it feel, you know, impersonal when you're nobody hiding behind a computer speaking kind of indirectly and into a void, although it's somehow generate or geared toward and, and spoken to one direct audience or voice or something so i I understand it's easy to sound more aggressive and to be a bigger ass than you really are over the internet but i can't even imagine what it's like to be the developers and to be already upset that this decision was made over your head and without your consent and then now you're just being 
torn apart on the internet as a result of it. Um, and then he goes on, or rather another Infinity War director, uh, it's the narrative director, his name is Taylor Kurosaki. He also spoke up to remind audiences about the decision to make the special ops survival mode a uh, console exclusive. He says, this basically just short and sweet, above all our pay grade. And that basically sums up everything I've been uh, overstating for just the, the past minute here. Um, and and then uh, Emsley continues on Reddit as well. Uh, he goes, there are some announcements that have come up this week that are official and some that are rumors. Now here he's referring to yet another rumor that compounded on the kind of aggression and hate that the, the studio has been receiving, which is that loot boxes are on their way to the game uh, as a result of something someone found while digging in through the online menus during the beta that recently took place for the game. And so he says, my ask of all of you is to focus on information that is actually fact and not get thrown off by ill-informed information uh, that want that from people that want to make a name for themselves by spreading half-baked infl- inflammatory rumors. Let's work real problems together and not fairy tales on boogie of boogeymen. Clearly, this is him probably just being a little reactionary because now he's getting shit on for this move that had nothing to do with him, and then again now he's getting shit on for loot boxes. Uh, which are, again, a result of probably Activision. I don't think any developer is thinking about how to make the perfect game, how to make a game that's so fun, so enveloping, that's so rewarding, and then says, I think what's really going to reward player progression and what's really going to entice players to come back for more on this game and to really connect with this game is if we implement a system where they have to grind their asses off for hundreds of hours or pay shit tons of money in order to unlock special items and skins in the game. Obviously, no fucking developers ever said that in their entire life. The reason why these games have sk- I'm sorry. The reason why these games have microtransactions is because again, some asshole up top is saying this shit makes money. It's proven to make money, and until it stops making money, we're gonna make you put it in your game. And that's all there is to it. It's just that fucking simple. So I just think, I mean, obviously this is a super antiquated conversation that's been had a million times. I'm sure no one's learned anything new by listening to me rant for the past five minutes about this. But it's just, again, a, a matter of perspective. And I like I like looking at this story through the perspective of um, these Infinity War developers who have come out and spoke out about it. Because that's the thing we got to take away from this. Is it shitty that Activision is doing this to us? Yes. Is it shitty that everyone involved is affected by this, you know, from the developers to the audiences? Of course. But there's one simple solution to all this bullshit. Don't fucking buy it. I was planning on getting Modern Warfare because it's the first Call of Duty in a long time that's looked pretty enticing to me. And I play Call of Duty once every couple of years. And I was already feeling like, well, maybe I'll wait for a price drop just because right now I'm pretty overwhelmed with the amount of games I'm trying to take on this fall. Maybe I'll just play Call of Duty sometime next year when there's a lull. Uh, but now, you know, this made it easy for me. I saw this announcement and I said, great, now I don't have to buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare because I want to play the game on Xbox. Xbox is my preferred platform and Activision is taking away a large chunk of the game as a res- as punishment for not buying the game on PlayStation. So fuck Sony, fuck Activision. They're not getting my money. It's the same thing I said about Control a couple of weeks ago, which by the way is bombing right now. And I hate hate that that's happening because I love Remedy. I want to see them succeed, but they kept some of the game back from me as an Xbox player. They're punishing me for playing on the console I like. So fuck it. I got to wait till that game's on sale to support it because I'm not supporting bad business like that. Now, of course, conversely, you know, obviously I throw my money at the Walt Disney company all day and they're constantly doing scummy, shady shit all the time. But I only uh, exercise good. I only exercise being a good consumer when it comes to video games. So can only hold me to that in this scenario. Anyway, I mean, it's just long story short, if you're not a fan of this, don't buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare. 
that's super unfortunate. I know that sounds a little inconsiderate and in dissonant to what I've just been talking about, about how this really affects the developer. But you know what I'm saying? It's wait till the game drops in price, play it at a discounted price and tell them, hey, this game's not worth $60 if another version on another console is going to get way more content for the same price. Or, you know, just stop bitching and buy the game and be a horrible person and support a horrible practice and then just acknowledge that you don't have the you don't have the right to complain if you're going to support shady CD business practices like this uh, and then and then complain about it. So long story again, nothing I said was uh, new or innovative thought wise, but it's just another shitty example of this kind of thing happening where the only solution is to not support it. And that's what I'm going to do is not support it. And I hope that you will, too. Anyway, so let's move on to another story, something a little a little happier, but still kind of related in the realm of microtransactions and things people hate. Rocket League, uh, the popular indie sports racing soccer, whatever the hell game that is, is removing loot boxes and replacing them with an alternative that hopefully comes off as a little less predatory. Developer Psionics announced that the traditional loot box microtransactions will be replaced with blueprints, meaning essentially players can randomly unlock blueprints that uh, which will depict a specific item. In order to build a blueprint, players will need to use credits, which can be obtained through real currency. So what this means is that microtransactions still exist in the game, uh, but players will always know specifically what they're getting when they use their currency to buy these microtransactions because you unlock the, the idea or the blueprint or the, the, the confirmation of what the item is first, and then you use currency in the game that you buy in real life in order to unlock that blueprint that you've already unlocked. So, so this means that even though they exist, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little more like players know what they're getting into. So it's not so, it's not as much a gamble as it was before. Additionally, there will be an item shop that added where players can buy certain items without the need for blueprints. So I guess this is going to be more like common items or something. I don't know. Cause I don't play rocket league, but I guess this is a little bit better. If you're going to have microtransactions, I appreciate something like this where People know what they're getting into when they're putting their money down. Again, this is this is the kind of thing that doesn't really bother me. The kind of things you can buy in a game like Rocket League or like cosmetics and shit, you can enjoy the game just fine by buying it and never spending an extra penny in the game. So um, the fact that all this is optional shit and now you know what you're getting into before you spend money is all good with me. So, you know, buy shit if you want shit. Don't feel compelled to buy shit if you don't want shit. But, you know, Rocket League trying to maybe pivot a little bit and, and optically make their microtransaction system look a little less scummy and predatory. Um, so that's good news, depending on how cynical you are. Um, and then our penultimate story of the week comes from Windows Central. And just want to say, you know, there's no way we're going to get through an episode of the show without me mentioning Halo. So here's our Halo story of the week. And it is that invite emails have been sent out through to insiders to participate in the first test flight for Halo Reach on the Master Chief Collection. And this is only for Xbox One. It is not for PC. So you so just suck it, you stupid nerds. Throughout this test period, 343 is looking to gain feedback from players as to how the game handles and feels, specifically in regards to the game's PvP mode, which is what you'll be testing out if you are participating in this test flight. Um, I don't know why they call it a test flight because you're not flying the game but I get it. Anyway, so that's happening. If you are in the Insider program, there's a chance you might be able to play Halo Reach uh, multiplayer for a little bit. So t check your email inbox, see if you got that that invite. I know I didn't, but uh, yeah, Halo Reach. It's not really news. It's just a kind of notification, a, no a notification story. Um, and then our wrap-up story for the week, 
which again comes from Windows Central. This is say the best for last, or save the one I want to talk about the most for last. So Microsoft's newly announced Surface Android smartphone called the Surface Duo was teased for the first time yesterday, or I guess it was officially revealed. They even showed it and held it in their hands and everything. And during the reveal trailer, viewers caught a glimpse of some gaming on the dual screen device. During one shot of the ad, a woman can be seen playing a game on her Surface Duo, with the device opened like a Nintendo 3DS and the top screen displaying a game, while the bottom screen features touch controls. It appeared to be a Project X Cloud game that was shown off in the trailer, showing further implementation of both Project X Cloud and the Surface Duo. Yeah. Again, like I said at the top of the show, if you haven't seen the announcements from Microsoft's Surface, Surface event yesterday, highly recommend you look into that because Microsoft and the Surface team are making the, in my opinion, the most interesting, whether or not you think it's useful tech, I think it's by far the most interesting hardware in the consumer tech industry right now. And they definitely kept that ball rolling yesterday with the announcement of things like the Surface, uh, sorry, the Surface Pro X, the Surface Duo and the Surface Neo and much more. There's a ton of shit they revealed yesterday. But the Surface Duo, like I was saying, it's Microsoft jumping back into the phone market. It's an Android phone, actually, uh, but it's a Surface, it's Surface hardware. Um, and it's basically like it's a dual screen phone. You open it up kind of like that Samsung Fold that was released earlier this year. But instead of being one bendable plastic uh, LED screen, OLED screen, it is just two LED screens with a hinge in the middle that kind of connects it like a 360 degree hinge. So basically it looks like a Nintendo DS and not, well, it doesn't look like a Nintendo DS. It just has that kind of form factor where you kind of clamshell it, open it up. Uh, but the hinge expands all the way around so you can fully open up the device and have both screens facing out or fold it all the way in and have uh, both outer shells facing. Either way, it's an awesome device. And during the video, you can see the woman playing some kind of racing game. Um, it's I, I, Maybe it was Forza. I definitely don't think it was Forza, but I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, she's playing what I believe to be a Project X Cloud game. And the bottom screen just like shows the controller layout, uh, but it's all in the bottom screen. And again, you hold it like a Nintendo 3DS. So obviously while you're playing on touch controls, you don't have your fingers covering up the screen where you're supposed to be playing like you would on a traditional Android or iOS device, which is to me really important because the two issues I take with gaming on a cell phone, aside from the fact that 99.9999% of mobile games are absolute garbage, is that even if the touch controls are serviceable, you're covering up like half the screen by trying to use your thumbs on the fucking screen. The other problem being that using touch controls to emulate things you do on a traditional gamepad never feel half as good as using an actual gamepad. Um, that's why the best mobile games are always the ones that use swipe gestures and, and intuitive advantages of touchscreen hardware to play a game rather than trying to emulate what you do on, say, a traditional Xbox controller. But all tangents aside, I think this is really important because not only is this phone going to be powerful and capable enough of running, you know, Xbox or X, Project X Cloud well, um, it's showing again like what i always say about microsoft it's ideal hardware that shows off microsoft products and services to its true full fully realized potential meaning that i don't know if there's going to be a better microsoft device or rather smartphone device for playing games on and so here's what i'm thinking um so obviously if you've seen the device you'll see that there's two screens obviously you can run an app in enlarge it so that it covers both screens or you can just like the old xbox features snap the apps one on each side um, and then run two apps at the same time and so 
immediately where my mind goes is, well, you wirelessly connect your Xbox controller to your Android device, your your Surface Duo. So, and then, so first of all, you know, you have two screens available without your hands taking up space. And then on one screen, you can play a game. And on another screen, you could be running Mixer or Twitch and stream your game directly from your cell phone, which is a really novel idea. Imagine that. It has a front-facing camera on the device like any cell phone does, and it has the clamshell body design. So you could hypothetically put Mixer or Twitch on your bottom screen, set the device clamshell style like a 3DS, and have the top screen displaying your game while the camera is pointing directly at your face, and then you got a wireless Xbox gamepad or something like that. You can fucking stream your Xbox games and play them all directly from your Surface phone. Now, none of this was shown in the trailer. This is just my wild speculation. But this is the kind of potential I see in a device like this in regards to gaming. This is the kind of stuff where I'm always saying Microsoft isn't about let's make a competing device uh, or let's make a let's make a phone that's like the iPhone to compete with the iPhone. They're saying let's take the idea of what a modern smartphone can do and let's make the software and the hardware that really accentuate all the all the pre-existing features as well as introduce all the yet to be discovered productive and and you know life-changing features and just try to reinvent the wheel try to push the envelope as far as possible obviously every tech company desires to do something like that but i think a lot these days uh, microsoft is by far the one doing it I, samsung to some extent but you know especially google and apple it just seems like you know no no disrespect to those companies, especially Apple. I even like Apple, but they just, they've gotten really stale. And this is, a, again, just a perfect example of Microsoft staying on top, staying on their toes, staying relevant, and just continuing to put out innovative stuff, you know, regardless of whether or not this device takes off. I'm, I'm half inclined to think this device will fall flat on its face when it releases next year and totally bomb because consumers don't like innovative technology. They just like camera modules and slow fees. But anyway, so that's the, the, immediately that's where my mind went when thinking about the possibilities with gaming on this device. And then aside from that, you know, not everyone, I mean, the idea of having Project X Cloud in your pocket, you know, being able to pull out your Android iPhone device at any point, no matter where you are, and just stream games from your Xbox onto your, your phone is really novel. And it's awesome that you can hypothetically connect your phone. But let's say you're out in, in the subway and you've got like, 20 minutes, you know, a 20 minute commute on the subway. And maybe you really don't want to pull out an Xbox controller and try to sit your phone on your lap and play with an actual controller. Like that's obviously not ideal. So sometimes you just have to use the touch controls, right? Sometimes you just have to suck it up and put your thumbs on the screen and and do that weird, stupid thing. But guess what? That's going to be a lot easier to do if you can do that on the bottom screen, hold the phone like a Nintendo DS style, and then use the top screen entirely dedicated to the actual display, the actual game itself. And so again, it's just in both those regards, it's just a really excellent device for streaming games. And I just, I think there's a lot of potential here. And I think this is, again, not that gaming is the priority of the Surface Duo. I I doubt it's even one of its top priorities. I'm sure there's a million other things the Surface team is focused on, mostly with like work productivity and office and things like that. But I totally see the application here and I totally see the potential. And I just think if you're excited for Project X Cloud, uh, you might want to be excited for the Surface Duo as well, because I can't imagine there's going to be a better device in the next year that is going to be able to uh, really complement X Cloud gaming the way the Surface Duo appears to be able to do. So there is my long wrap up story. I'm glad, glad you listened to it. Glad you loved it. I know you did. And um, you're probably not listening at this point. So we'll just wrap up this, the show. 
with our Games with Gold and Games of the Week. Let's do Games with Gold first because it's the first week of the month, meaning that there are new Games with Gold this month. So for the month of October, as always, two Xbox One games, two 360 games. Our Xbox One games are Tembo, the Badass Elephant, which was originally released, I, I want to say, on the Wii U or the 3DS or something like that. It's made by um, it's made by Game Freak, the people that make the Pokemon games, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like a 2D platform kind of game. It's, it's kind of fun. I, I only played it a little bit, but I, I remember people speaking fondly of it. And that game is going to be available to you uh, for the entire month from the 1st through the 31st. So... Be sure to download that. And you got Friday the 13th, the game, which will be available uh, the latter half of the month uh, through the mid uh, middle of November. Um, and there's no coincidence for that. It's supposed to be tying in with the, with the holiday, obviously. You get your spooky game for your spooky month. So definitely download that if you want to go kill some people on Friday the 13th and get spooky. And then you got on the Xbox 360 side, for the first half of the month, you got Disney's Bolt. Uh, Bolt is that amazing Disney animated movie from 2009 starring Miley Cyrus, uh, and I highly recommend you check that out because um, it's really one of my favorite games of all time. And then lastly, we got Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge, which is available the second half of the month on 360, and uh, I think that's the one everyone hates. I don't know. But Ninja Gaiden is available the second half of the month. And then to wrap up the show, we've got our new games coming out this week. Uh, of which there are nine new games. So run through them real fast. We've got Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint Ultimate Edition, which is, of course, early access and Xbox One X enhanced. Um, I will say about this game, judging by the screenshot a lot, uh, a lot has changed since the last game because in this game, it, you don't appear to get any guns. You just get a knife. But what makes this really weird is so there's two guys, right? One's got a knife pointing to the other guy's head, but the other guy's got his hand on the guy's arm trying to stop him from stabbing with a knife. So I guess the way this works is it's kind of like co-op where, like, you have this weird control scheme. So I guess you play you, – you control these two guys, and basically you're trying to walk them like co-op. You're just trying to control their legs, their limbs, and, and get them to, like, from point A to point B – but you got to make sure you're balancing them and keeping them upright uh, because if you lean them too far to the left or right, this this knife could stab them in the head uh, because the knife is right in between their heads. So it's uh, it's kind of a, uh, a play on that term, you know, double-edged sword. Um, so that's that's a fun thing. If, you, if you're into games like Quap, I'm going to highly recommend Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint Ultimate Edition. I assume the non-Ultimate Edition doesn't have the Quap feature, so... If that's, uh, I mean, it's probably worth the extra money to just upgrade to the Ultimate Edition then. So our next game is Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Now this game shows a couple of a couple of Destiny guys, um, but f unlike the older Destiny games, this one looks very Spaceman-like. So like you got this one guy who's in a NASA suit, uh, this one guy who looks like an Ewok, uh, and then this one guy that I don't know what the hell he looks like, kind of like a totem pole. So I'm guessing this is like a Star Wars destiny crossover with spacex and nasa um so it looks like you're just exploring like a, a dead space um station and so i guess i mean it's nice to see destiny kind of em embrace its sci-fi roots and kind of uh focus more on space exploration which i think is a huge um it's a huge story point to destiny that they don't explore as much as i'd like them to so i'm i'm glad to see that they're really taking full uh really fully embracing that that um that aspect of the Destiny universe. So, and that game's also Xbox One X enhanced. So, I assume there's some really nice perks to that. Our next game's called Never Winter Uprising. This is one of those nerdy fucking RPG online games for people that have fucking acne. So, uh, I'm gonna skip that, and then we're gonna go to We Were Here Too, which is a game. Um, all it shows is like a like an old building with some some candles. I don't know if this is like a play on like the Me Too movement, like. 
like the me too thing where everyone like has to, everyone has to have a similar story. Like, Oh, I was also sexually uh, harassed or something like that. And so I guess it's like a play on that, but it's not so much about like human interaction. It's more about like, um, about like places you visit. So it's not like, so rather than being like, Oh, you know, Harvey Weinstein, you know, did something dirty to me too. It's, it's like, Oh, I also went uh, to that place. So it's called, we were here too. Um, I, I mean, if you're into that kind of game, our next game is called as divine Kamura and it's one of those anime games. So in this game, you got this, you got this guy with the gray hair, this girl with the pink hair, this girl with the purple hair and this girl with the red hair. And they're fighting what looks to be like a, like a cartoonish marshmallow looking bullet with a bite out of its head, uh, and some lizard creatures, but it's so weird. They have their asses facing the characters and their heads turn around like they're fucking twerking on the anime girls. It's um, probably just one of those perverted Japanese games that um, will get you 12 years in prison if you ever get caught playing it. Our next game is called Legendary Legacy Tale of the Fate Bounds, which is a 3D anime game, whereas the last one was a 2D anime, a sprite-based anime game. This one's a 3D anime game, which means like every Japanese game this, these days, it has just like unjustifiably bad graphics and... Uh, there's probably some story about some guy who needs to get stronger and some girl who speaks in a high-pitched female voice. Uh, and then we claim Japan's an awesome country despite their undeniable sexist culture. Uh, our next game is called Northgard, which looks to be some kind of um, some kind of god sim- one of those god simulators where you're looking down at like a village and commanding units and armies. Now I like to think that they could just make one of these games and make it kind of like the lemmings game. And you could just lead all your troops off a cliff and kill them. Cause I would love to play a game like that where you build an army, you build a village and you build all these units. And then instead of attacking the opposing team and taking over their base, you just take all your units, you gather them up and you drive them off a fucking cliff. That'd be fun. Our next game is called Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. So this is a remaster of that Ghostbusters game that came out, I think, like 10 years ago. It is Xbox One X enhanced, which means you can see all the Ghostbusters in in even uglier detail because, let's face it, every character in Ghostbusters is fucking disgusting to look at. Um, but I don't know why they remastered this game. I, my vague remembrance of this game was that it wasn't very good. But uh, if it wasn't, then now you can unenjoy it again on Xbox One. And then our next game is called Slab Well. So this is a game where you see like this, um, it looks like, what's, what's that game? Twister. It looks like Twister, but it's like the mat, the Twister mat is floating in the middle of like a, like a tomb or a dungeon from like a Zelda game. Um, and you play as like this, I don't know, it's like an isometric game. You play as like this green little greaser guy and this purple Barney guy wearing a, a tiki mask. And I literally have no idea what to make of this other than to say, I guess it's like a, a game where you play as like creepy teenagers and you have like you play twister with like childhood characters off of kid shows so i'm assuming in addition you know i mean hopefully if it's xbox one x enhanced which it isn't uh, i'm assuming you'll be able to unlock the naked twister mode um and then also play with other like popular child characters like like the Teletubbies and like Yo Gabba Gabba. Um, but for the time being, judging by the screenshot, it looks like you're only going to be able to play Naked Twister with Barney, uh, which is just fine with me. I think I could find a couple hundred hours of enjoyment out of playing that. So Slabwell is probably going to be my top pick of the week. Um, and I definitely recommend you check that out because who doesn't want to play Naked Twister with Barney? And that's going to do it for this week's show. Oh, I forgot to tell you what I've been playing this week. Well, since you asked so nicely, I've been playing Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. 
and I've only been playing it while the sun's out because I live alone and it's kind of scary, but it's also really good. It's that like one horror game I play once every 10 years and I'm glad I picked this one because I'm actually enjoying it a lot. And if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. This game does a lot of that like defying like gaming conventions, like things where you think like, oh, well, this animation won't be triggered unless I interact with this object or walk into that that room. It just defies a lot of that shit and really fucks with you in, in the best way possible. If you like spooky games, if you're looking for something to play for the Halloween season, I highly recommend Resident Evil 7, although it seems like most people have already played this game, so I'm pretty late to the party on that one. Hey, I got a YouTube series called Late to the Party. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, that's why I've been playing. Um, and then also the Sega Genesis Mini because... That thing's awesome. And also on my phone, as someone who's just shitting on mobile games, I've been playing this game called What the Golf, which is on the Apple Arcade. And I actually cannot stress enough how awesome that game is. It is the rare example of a mobile game that doesn't suck. And it's fucking awesome. It's like one of those like little mini golf games, but it takes the conventions of that genre and then just twists it on its head a million times. And then gets really meta and kind of makes fun of uh, a lot of popular games. It's it's just endless stages and they're super quick. It's almost like warrior wear in that aspect um, where like, you know, like the first stage, it's like mini golf, right? You pull the ball and you try to get in the hole, but then it's like the next stage. It's like you pull the ball and then you, you trying to hit the flag. And then the next stage, it starts getting wackier and wackier. It's like, now you're pulling the flag and trying to get it in the ball. And now you're like th throwing a sofa near uh, like a golf hole. And now you're like, just throwing like an animal into like near a golf club or something weird like that. And it just starts like getting super wacky and super fun. The levels are just super fast one after another, very WarioWare style. And then it just starts making fun of like your traditional games. There's like a Mario level where it's like you had to control the mini golf ball to like go through a Mario level. And then there's one making fun of super hot and just makes uh, like, there's like flappy birds and angry birds and you just play like all those gaming conventions. But as a golf ball, it's just super wacky game, super fun. Um, definitely recommend checking out if you are on iOS or if you are taking advantage of that one month free subscription of the Apple arcade, um, which is, I know not Xbox related, but Hey, I'm sure a lot of Xbox gamers have an iPhone. So, there's all that, and that's going to do it for this week's show. I appreciate you listening, as always, although you're probably not listening to the end of the show because who would want to listen to 55-plus minutes of this bullshit? As always, uh, be sure to check me out on social media. You can find me at Nestle Pure Life on social media. You can follow my YouTube page, at Ted Bundy, and you can buy my merch on the website, uh, Amazon.com. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week for another exciting Mountain Dew filled episode of Xbox On.